Hey, Steve. Hey, Bob. First ever YFFL podcast. What are your thoughts? I'm excited. Can't wait to uh, get this thing going. See what uh, see what we talk about this season. Yeah, I feel like we're filling the void of Bill Simmons leaving Grantland. No more BS reports. So uh, yeah, excited to fill that void. Yeah, people definitely need these in their life. Yeah, I think we'll get a, a couple thousand subscribers by week two or three and really see this thing take off. I would think most of the YFFL wives are probably pretty happy about us taking this task on. <laughs> what was your wife's reaction when you told her you're doing a podcast now for a fake football league? It was a very condescending, wonderful yeah, I kind of got the uh, sarcastic great year, so you're going to be spending less time with your family and more time on fake football. Roll the eyes, not impressed, not surprised. Yeah, though, you know, it's, I try to, like I tried to say, I just, I need that time with my friends, and this is how I'm going to get it. Exactly. It's, it's a passion. It's something we're interested in. It's better than dealing drugs or high-stakes gambling. I'll take yeah. fantasy football any day of the week. Right, we could be spending our money on strippers, but instead we're holed up in our offices talking about the Burger Buddies. Yes, exactly. So um, I guess we'll get into it. The draft's a week away. Uh, it's been an interesting off-season Um uh, and what are your initial reactions to what's happened in the offseason? How do you feel about your rosters going into the draft? Anything else around the league that's changed since last year? You've been following the league a lot more closely than I have. What's your take? Well, you know, first off, none of my guys are going to jail for murder. So yeah. that right there just makes the offseason a victory. Uh, yeah. Everyone's held up healthy so far. Uh that's always good. You know, I know a few teams around the league have had, you know, a few injuries crop up already, like Calvin Benjamin or uh, Jordy Nelson. You know, it's, those are tough breaks mm-hmm. for their teams, so I've been fortunate so far to, to stay healthy. John Sweezum. Yeah, the, the thugs and the, the thugs were hit pretty hard by the injury bug. So I do have to say on my teams, I think if anybody could have signed contracts with bad teams, I think every one of my guys went out of their way to do so, especially mm-hmm. Thomas yeah. the Jags. Yeah, that Thomas trade kills you. I think his touchdowns will be cut in half. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I think his yards go up, but touchdowns are down. But, you know, at the time, I was going for a title, so and I had a lot of wide receiver depth, so I felt good trading Cobb then. Yep. Brutal trade now, though. But makes up maybe a little bit makes up for – what happened with Ray Rice. So that's how it goes. How about your teams? How are your teams looking heading into the uh, 2015 season? Uh, well, the Aaron Foster injury was just a killer. I was really counting on one more productive year out of him. I wasn't surprised. I was listening in the car and heard the sports guy say, just devastated news out of Texans camp today. We'll talk about it after the break. I knew right away it was Aaron Foster, so – uh, that was to be expected. Uh, Sean Sweesom, I've said he's my guy. I love that kicker. 
I've had him for years now, and either the beans it does. So lose him for the year really screws up my draft plans. I got to get two new kickers, and I'm really touchy feely about my kickers, so I'm not excited there. I already already have a thin draft board to begin with. Um, Yep, Floyd injury. I'm hoping he'll be ready for week one, but last year was a bit of a disappointment. Hopefully with Palmer back, he's scoring touchdowns again. Dwayne Bow on Cleveland, who knows how that will work out. He didn't score a single touchdown all last year, so I'm hoping to get his production back up at the utility position. Stanley Watkins, my number one pick last year. I need him to produce. Uh, so the wide receivers are question marks on the bugs. Um, Ahmad Bradshaw still not on the NFL roster. I, I can't believe guys like Bernard Pierce uh, are employed, but Ahmad Bradshaw is not. So you got to remember that you know the NFL veteran contracts are guaranteed if they sign him before week one. So you know, come week two, he'll probably land on a team, and I believe he's suspended for the first game. Yep. Yeah, you're right about that. He'll land somewhere. I'm going to keep him. I'm not cutting him. Um, but as you know, my team is Andrew Luck. Uh, um, he'll get me anywhere from 16 to 30 points a week, and he'll win me probably five games alone, and I'll be right in the thick of the NFC AS, West division title again. Watkins' uh, first year, especially after how some of the rookies taken after him performed. Uh, I was disappointed with him last year. He had two or three really good games, and he showed some explosiveness, but he was just nagged by injuries, and that playing on that Bills team just scares me. And we'll talk about this more with Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper coming up. I Wide receivers going to bad teams just scares the crap out of me. That's why I'm not considering Cooper number one. I just don't want to touch any Raider. I think they're cursed, but we'll talk about that in a minute. How do you feel about Calvin Johnson and his where he is with his career? You know, he's. I I think part of the problem is one, you know, and it's kind of the problem with all these NFL players and why they keep you know tearing Achilles or blowing their knees out. It's just these men are just too big, too fast. There's just too much torque put on joints and you know areas of the body that were just never meant to support such mass doing yeah. these type of things. And when you get a guy the size of Calvin Johnson, you know, one, he's putting all that, you know, stress on his body. And then when was the last time you ever saw him get tackled or even just catch the ball and go down and three guys didn't hit him? Yeah. He gets hit by three guys on every play. He's bound to catch up to him a little bit. It's kind of like how Big Ben was a few years ago. Like every play he got hit by three guys, and that's why I unloaded him when I did. And, Sure, it blew up my face, but I felt a lot better getting out from underneath him for sure. And, you know, I turned that pick into Jeremy Hill, so I guess I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, you can probably give me another couple years of elite production, maybe three. And then, you know, he's a freak athlete. If he can, if body holds up at all, he can maybe give you some production like a, a tight end or something, be a good utility to close out his career. Yeah, it could be a you know in the red zone target something like that. But, yeah, I think he'll bounce back. I I really think he's got. I think he's gonna bounce back. He's got a competitive drive in him, and I think he's healthy. And 
and I think he'll have a pretty good year. He's at 600 but, uh, points right now. Do you think he'll get to 1,000? No. 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 Okay. Well, Ter I think Terrell Owens owns a record for receivers, like somewhere just over 1,000. So I'm be interested to see. Yeah, I think he'll end up in between 900 and 1,000. How old is he now? 28, 29? He's going to turn 30 in like a month or so. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he could get there. He's probably got five more years and um, he might get there. Yeah, I think you would I think you would definitely need to rip off another pair of 100-point seasons next couple of years and then, you know, maybe he can make a run at it. Um, well, we both agree that everything has fallen into place for the, the llamas. Gibby is just crushing it this year with the fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball, and now the llamas just in cruise control, ready, ready to just take over the, the NFC, uh, the AFC. Uh, and the latest example, of course, Jordy Nelson getting injured for the year. Devontae Adams named starter. I mean, yeah. everything just falling in place for him. Go right down through the roster, and almost every single thing that could go right for that player has gone right. It's it's incredible. And then he's sitting yeah. there at the number four, three pick. And if you can't, if you don't go with a running back with a number one pick, he's about to land Gurley or Gordon, and just further solidify this roster. Yeah, he's in position at three. He can take. A quarterback, he could take a running back or a wide receiver, just not lose. He can take whatever he wants. He just needs to add depth and a little security. Uh, he's in great position to take whatever he wants. And also, I th I didn't even realize he had Jordan Matthews. I was talking to my brother the other day, and Matthews is just lighting up the Eagles camp. Texted my brother, and he's he's like, Llamas, baby, back. I'm like, give me a Matthews, too? This isn't fair. I think maybe he should be considering quarterback a little more heavily at the third pick with just Teddy Bridgewater there in you know, his second season. I I think he should. Um, he'll either almost certainly get either could have Mariota or Winston fall to him. It's such a quarterback-driven league. I'd hate to assemble a great roster and have Bridgewater just be a six-point quarterback every week. Um, yeah, he's got to be considering it. If Mariota falls, I think I'd take Mariota. Winston, uh, you know, I don't know. It's tough, but he's got to be considering it, right? You have to, and, you know, he's from the D.C., you know, Gibby lives in the D.C. area. Maryland crabs are huge. Winston loves crab legs. It's just <laughs> a perfect match. Yeah. So let's let's jump right to the big question. I mean, I think we kind of just answered there, but let's just get it on record. But Winston or Mariota, who who would you, you know, prefer number one? Uh, about a month ago, I was not sold on Winston at all. I think he would he was going to drop to the seven or eight or even further. I just think he's going to throw a ton of interceptions uh, and be an inconsistent quarterback. But I've kind of changed on that. I think he's going to be all right. I like the weapons he has in Tampa, and he's shown some promise. Um, I'm still a little more worried about him than Mariota. So if I had the choice between the two, which I do with the Beans, I would lean Mariota. Um, but I think I think Mariota's going to take a couple of years to to settle in. Um, so I'm still I'm still taking over number one. I might go a running back. I might trade the pick. I really am not in love with any player, uh, and I'm sick of just blowing pick after pick with the Beans. 
so there's a 50% chance I'll trade and get, uh, you know, bona fide someone who's already proven themselves in the league. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mariota and Winston? Uh, you know, I think, I think Mariota is, he, I think he definitely could be a special player. He would probably, if I had used a quarterback and was picking first, I'd probably be taking him. But, you know, Winston, I guess, you know, even like OTAs, he was like already knew the playbook so well, he was like changing productions, and the coaches had to like stop the play because they knew the other rookies didn't understand what was going on, but he was, he was correct and changing those, like, pass protections and whatnot. And, yeah, he's going to throw a lot of interceptions this year, but they don't count in the YFFL. So, That's right. And you know what interceptions lead to? More points for the other team. And what does that lead to? Garbage time. Garbage time, yeah. Winston definitely has a chance to put up some points and put them up early. Someone's probably going to luck into him. I think there's a great chance he falls all the way to the buddies. You know, and then there's always... You know, the potential, like you said, you could trade down. I think you could trade down into that four to six range and still get either quarterback and, uh, and pick up, you know, some help for your team. Yeah, like I said, um, there's there's a good chance I'll trade that pick. Um, I'm on record as saying I love Todd Gurley. I love, we were talking about him last year at Google Chat when he was at Georgia. Then he got suspended and he came back towards ACL, and that just screwed up my entire, <laughs> entire plan. So, uh I'm nervous about taking him number one. I think he's going to be a dynamite player, but these knee injuries with running backs scare the crap out of me. I might chicken out and and just not take him. Yeah, you know, speaking from experience that year when the Mallards were in there, he's either first or second every year. You know, we took Willis McGahee after that incredible college career, number one, and he was just yeah. never that same player again. And even if I, let's say I traded up to one, I'd still be so hesitant about grabbing him just because of that past experience. Yeah. So that brings us to what running back or what player is going to drop the most? Who do you think is just going to fall or maybe, you know, a, considered a top five pick, maybe falls outside the top ten? You know, I think, I think probably – if these guys have been healthy, they were probably locked for the top five, and that's Kevin White and Devontae Parker. Those guys are mega talents, but you know, the, some of the teams that are picking in the top five aren't necessarily bad teams, and they're ready to yep. compete now. So they probably bypass you know, that type of talent for a guy that's going to be contributing this year. And so that could cause guys like that to fall, and then I think T.J. Yeldon is a most other years would probably be a top five pick, but yeah. I think we just got a really strong top of the draft this year. I think I think someone's going to pick him up, you know, middle of the draft and be really happy with that, even though he is a Jaguar. Yep, um, I think I think C.J. Anderson's going to fall uh, just because it, it's looking like Ronnie Hillman's going to steal some carries from him. Hillman was really good last year before he got injured. Um, he, if he had stayed healthy, he would have been C.J. Anderson. So um, I think they're going to split carries. I think both of them will do well, but I think that split time is going to hurt Anderson's value a lot. And, uh, and uh, owners have trouble staying healthy too. So he, you know, he might yeah. start splitting early, but I think I think Anderson pulls away in the end. 
Yeah, Kubiak uh, runs the ball well. He 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 was a coach with Arians Foster. He he's a great offensive coordinator. I think that's going to be a great run heavy offense, even with Manning. Um, but let's keep in mind though that owners they love the upside, the, the unknown about rookie draft picks. You know, coming into the league, it's not as sexy to take it. Someone who's already been in the league. I I could see C.J. Anderson falling to you know ten or beyond to it playoff team that just needs a utility player and someone just landing a home run. John, it's, a, it's got John Kinsman written all over it. Yeah, it's definitely a John Kinsman pick, so he, I think he's going to have trouble getting past the Mallards, unless the Mallards really do get spooked by you know what's coming out of Roto World lately. He'd be a perfect yeah. fit to go with you know Jeremy Hill, and that'd be a nice one-two punch. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is more likely to Crack the top five, Amir Abdullah or Nelson Aguilar? I I really like this Abdullah fella. I saw him in a, the Jets preseason game, and the Lions were saying he reminded them of Barry Sanders. He actually reminded me of Clinton Portis the first few years Clinton was in the league. I mean, he could break any run for, like, 70 yards. I think he had, like, three or four straight games where he had a touchdown over 50 yards on the board. He reminds me of Clinton Portis. Uh, before he got old and fat, um, I would. I, I, Joe Bell's 29. I didn't realize Bell was that old. Uh, he banged up. I think Abdullah's in a great position to become an every down back with Detroit, rack up a lot of carries, touchdowns, yards. I like Abdullah a lot. You are in a tough position where you already have so many Lions that can you take another Lion, Steve? You know, the Merriman, probably not. The Mallards could probably handle it, so yeah, I, it's it's possible. It's possible. It's I'm faced with some tough calls. I, you know, both my teams need running backs, but you know, there's gonna be such incredible talent sitting right there, and Agler and Cooper, that it's gonna be hard to pass at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Um... Wide receivers are so tough. A lot of them are – there's a lot taken in the first round of the NFL draft this year. Obviously, uh, Kevin White and um, Amari Cooper went in the top seven, I think. Cooper, I'm scared to death of just because he's on the Raiders. You're not, you're not on that boat. Kevin White, of course, is probably out for all the YFFL season. There's a chance he could come back late in the year, but too late for YFFL. So he'll probably fall. Anybody who wants to contend this year won't take him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cooper and White? I think, you know, I think if Cooper would landed pretty, you know, if he'd landed anywhere other than, like, the bottom franchise of the league, you know, like the the Rams or the Jags, the Browns, the Raiders, you know, if he lands anywhere else, I think he's a no-brainer number one pick overall. I think he's that good. So I'm not too scared by him going to the Raiders. You know, he's got a decent quarterback there. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy getting the ball. He has a good shot. And like Kevin White, Kevin White's gonna be a beast. You know, I've watched some tape on him. He's just a he's just a beast. That's all you can really yeah. say. And he's gonna fall. You know, I could see him dropping all the way to the, the chickens at twelve, or maybe even to the Merriman at thirteen. And someone's gonna be really happy next year. And, you know, it might not even be the worst thing for him developmentally to sit for a year, study the playbook, and really get to know it because he is a little raw 
when it comes to route running. Yep. Yeah, I think he's going to be a great player, but uh, you know we've seen this before when a guy's out for the first year, he'll 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 drop further than than he should. But it's a dynasty league. If you're building your team for the long haul, he's will be a good pick. Um, I think he goes yeah somewhere in that nine to thirteen range would be my guess because he he's almost a guarantee to be a be a superstar there. Remember back in the league, like you know, I think back to like early 2000s when we would do the draft like we didn't really draft if you were picking at the top of the draft you weren't thinking about trying to improve your team right then and there you were just taking the best players and that's like you know remember Sean Alexander wouldn't like fifth overall even though he sat for two years and you know there's a lot more draft picks like that back then mm-hmm. compared to now when everyone's trying to get the guy that's going to make the biggest impact the soonest yeah Definitely, you know, changed a lot over the years. Uh, what do you think about Doyle Green Beckham? Is he going to be a first rounder, and will he be any good? I've got this group of wide receivers that I can't really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have. I haven't seen any of them. Any highlights of them? They all seem about to be the same. It'd be him. It'd be that Perriman guy on the Ravens. It would be uh, Devin White on the Jets. It would be uh, Dorsett on the Colts. Um, I might even put Parker in that group. But there's always wide receivers that went in the late first round of the NFL draft or early second round. That it, I might as well do how the, the draft class article I did on the 2006 draft receivers because you can't tell them apart. We have no idea who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. So I think that's why I'm excited for the second half of the first round when these wide receivers start to go. Uh, it should be interesting. I think it's just going to be a wild goose chase. No one knows which of these receivers is going to be good and who's going to be a bust. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard when you know a lot of us. You know, you're, you're pushing it with your families nowadays to just be able to watch football on 16 Sundays. Forget about watching college football. So you know, we haven't seen as much of these players as maybe we did when we were in college, hanging out with our buddies watching football on Saturdays. You know, we definitely haven't seen these guys play, so it's hard to say how you should rank them because I know I keep ranking my guys, and you just get to a point where you're like, I don't even know how to rank these guys. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, now you bring watching college, there is one receiver that I am infatuated with. I am praying he falls to me at either 17 or I think 20th or whatever pick I have with the Thugs in the second round. I think you know who it is. Don't say his name. I want him bad. Uh, he is dynamic, electric. Exactly talking about, and I will not say his name. And I've wanted to mock him into the first round before, but out of respect to you, I have not. He is, well, thank you because he, he's the real deal. He might not yeah, be a so, but he's the real deal. Yeah. So I'm hoping he's there. I, I'd love for him to go to the Thugs just because I need a little more wider receiver help on that team, but they don't pick until 20-something. I got the beans with 17 right now. If he's snatched there and the wide receiver is going off the board, I'll take him. But um, I'm hoping to get him. I think he's a, a big playmaker and excited about him. Yeah, it's, it's very reminiscent of uh... – 
I think you'd be okay because think back to like Antonio Brown a few years back. You know, everyone looked at him like, like, oh, he's a second rounder, and everyone kind of pegged him as a second rounder, even though I think everyone kind of wanted him, and he went in the second round, even though he clearly should have been a first rounder. Yep. See, I, I could make the argument I do better with my late first round and second round and third round picks than I do with these early first rounders that I have. Um, I just, I don't know. I love drafting late first round, early second round. There's some steals out there, and I do get to watch quite a bit of college football, and I can tell who's going to be good at the next level and who's not. So uh, I, I like those picks in the second round. Yeah, I should probably just give up my first round picks. I don't know if the Merrymen have hit on a first round pick in about, jeez, oh, probably six, seven years. The Merrymen are terrible in the first round. Yeah. That's one of the things about yeah, you know, a little bit later. Maybe sometimes the other guys are doing the work for you by blowing the picks early, and then that those guys that are going to be good kind of drop down and land in your lap. Yeah. Well, uh, we should probably be wrapping this up. Um, All right. One last question for you: What do you look forward to the most? Draft night? or week one of the YFFL season? I think it's just week one. I love just sitting down on the couch, football, beer, uh, just watching football all day. The draft is awesome. It's that, you know, one, two-hour rush, and just the whole day you got the draft tonight. It, it gets you pumped up. But uh, I love seeing that, the action of football and fantasy backing in, and I'd have to leave. I'd have to lean week one is still still the best, in my opinion. What about you? draft night just because the build-up to draft night is incredible. I mean, everyone's been talking about it for months. You know, you kind of started getting excited as the YFFL season wound down, and you kind of, you know, especially if you have a high pick, you know, you, you know you've got that high pick coming, so you're paying attention leading up to the NFL draft, and then you're hoping guys learn land in certain places. And then yeah. that, it just kind of build that buzz just keeps building all the way into August. And, you know, for me, like, I'm chatting with Kevin and Gibby and you and Nick, like, yeah. constantly. So, for me, i got to go oh. draft night. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great moments in draft last year. Mike Evans falling right into your lap at, I think it was five. That was absolutely ridiculous and it just made your season. So, I can see that. There's been some great draft day trades. I think we did uh, – uh, Anquan Bolden trade many years ago, and I think that that trade was great. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, the night we might have the most trades just because we all finally get together in one spot and are thinking about the same thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's draft night's the best. Brings the league together. What was what was that time Mike was over? We were drafting over at the East Elm House. Uh, something with David Gerard and. Uh, you didn't read Road of World that day and didn't know something happened. What was that again? Oh, I think I tried to de- uh, draft David Garrard in like the third round or something, and Mike's like, what are you talking about? He's on my team. And I'm like, no, he's not. And it's something to do with me being in Australia, and I didn't see in Road of World that he'd – he was – I don't know. I think I didn't know he was a starter. or Some weird thing happened. I can't really remember the exact Yeah, story. I can't remember either. Something weird happened that day, like either – was named the starter or was named the backup, I can't remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, draft day's got some great memories. No draft day story will ever top. Poor Chris drafting Ontario Hardesty, and then literally seven minutes later, he tears his knee up. Yep, or Chris drafting Glenn Coffey, and a few weeks later, he retires to become a priest. Yeah, that's right up there, too. (laughs) We could tell Chris draft stories all night, like that time he took that tight end, like number three overall. You know, it's just... You gotta love draft night. Yeah, yeah. Should be some good memories. I think we will see a couple trades. You're in great position to trade with all the picks you have in the first round and the bees. I'm just convinced I'm gonna blow this first pick, so I'd rather just trade it away. So someone will rip me off. The beans always get ripped off. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll have a change of heart and take Todd Gurley or Mariota or. Maybe I should give Cooper another look. Should be a should be an interesting night. We'll do another podcast after the draft and recap the draft and make our predictions for the upcoming season um, and do all that next week. All right. Well, that sounds good. I will uh, look forward to you know breaking things down with you after the draft. Yep, it'll be fun. And uh, all right, we'll see you next week at the draft. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone.